Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about Down syndrome. If you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash downs or in the genetic conditions section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Down syndrome is caused by three copies of chromosome 21. It's also called trisomy 21. It gives characteristic dysmorphic features and it has a number of associated conditions. The extent to which a person is affected and the associated conditions they have will vary between individuals who have Down syndrome. The dysmorphic features that you may find in somebody who has Down syndrome are hypotonia, which is reduced muscle tone, brachycephaly, which is a small head with a flat back, a short neck, short stature, flattened face and nose, prominent epicanthic folds, upward sloping palpable fissures, and a single palmar crease. Epicanthic folds are the folds of skin overlying the medial portion of the eye and the eyelid. The palpable fissures are the gaps between the lower and the upper eyelid. There's a few complications that are associated with Down syndrome. And these are learning disability, recurrent otitis media, deafness, particularly eustachian tube abnormalities which lead to glue ear and conductive hearing loss, visual problems such as myopia, strabismus and cataracts, hypothyroidism occurs in about 10-20% to of patients with Down syndrome, cardiac defects affect about 1 in 3 patients with Down syndrome, particularly atrial septal defects, ventricular septal defects, patent ductus arteriosus and tetralogy of fallow, atlantoaxial instability at the top of the neck. Leukemia is more common in children with Down syndrome and dementia is more common in adults with Down syndrome. Let's talk about antenatal screening for Down syndrome. All women are offered screening for Down syndrome. The purpose of the screening test is to decide which women should receive more invasive tests to establish a definitive antenatal diagnosis. It's the choice of the woman whether to go ahead with screening. The screening tests involve taking measurements from the fetus during the ultrasound scans, combining those measurements with the mother's age and the mother's blood results, and providing an indication of the risk of Down syndrome. Older mothers have a greater risk of Down syndrome. Firstly, let's talk about the combined test. The combined test is the first line most accurate and test of choice where possible. The test is performed between 11 and 14 weeks gestation. It involves combining the results from the ultrasound with the maternal blood tests. Ultrasound measures the nuchal translucency which is the thickness of the back of the neck of the fetus. Down syndrome is one cause of a nuchal thickness over 6 millimeters. The maternal blood tests that are used in the combined test are the beta-human chorionic gonadotrophin or beta-HCG test. A higher result of the beta-HCG indicates a greater risk. 
and the pregnancy-associated plasma protein A, or PAPA, and a lower result indicates a greater risk. Next, let's talk about the triple test. The triple test is performed between 14 and 20 weeks gestation, and it involves only the maternal blood test results for beta-HCG, alpha-fetoprotein, or AFP, and a lower result of AFP indicates a greater risk, and the serum estriol, which is a female sex hormone, and a lower result indicates a greater risk. Finally, the quadruple test is performed between 14 and 20 weeks gestation. It's identical to the triple test, but it also includes maternal blood testing for inhibin A. A higher inhibin A indicates a greater risk. Ideally, women will have the combined test, which is the first-line test. If they're not able to have the combined test, then they can be offered the triple test or the quadruple test. You wouldn't do more than one test on a woman during the pregnancy. The screening tests provide a risk score for the fetus having Down syndrome. When the risk of Down syndrome is greater than 1 in 150, which occurs in about 5% of the tested women, the woman is offered amniocentesis or chorionic villus sampling. And these are the definitive antenatal tests for Down syndrome. These tests involve taking a sample of the fetal cells, then performing karyotyping to give a definitive answer as to whether the fetus has Down syndrome or not. Chorionic villus sampling, or CVS, involves an ultrasound-guided biopsy of the placental tissue. This is used when testing is done earlier in pregnancy, typically before 15 weeks. Amniocentesis involves ultrasound-guided aspiration of some of the amniotic fluid using a needle and syringe. This is done later in pregnancy once there's enough amniotic fluid to make it safer to take a sample. Next, let's talk about non-invasive prenatal testing. Non-invasive prenatal testing, or NIPT, is a relatively new test for detecting abnormalities in the fetus during pregnancy. It involves a simple blood test from the mother. The blood will contain fragments of DNA, some of which will come from the placental tissue and represent fetal DNA. These fragments can be analysed and detect conditions such as Down syndrome. NIPT is not a definitive test, but it does give a very good indication of whether the fetus is affected. This is gradually being rolled out in the NHS as an alternative to invasive testing, such as CVS or amniocentesis, for women who have a higher than 1 in 150 risk of Down syndrome based on the antenatal screening. Let's talk about management of Down syndrome. Management involves supportive care from the multidisciplinary team to help them meet their various different needs associated with the condition. And this is a team that involves occupational therapists, speech and language therapists, physiotherapists, dietitians, paediatricians, general practitioners, health visitors, cardiologists for their congenital heart disease, ENT specialists for their ear problems, audiologists for hearing aids and hearing tests, opticians for glasses, social services for social care and benefits, additional support with educational needs, and charities such as the Down Syndrome Association. 
A quick Tom tip for you. When asked by an examiner about the management of a complex multi-system disorder such as Down syndrome, always start your answer with management will involve members of a multidisciplinary team. This allows you to list the common members, pick up most of the marks and also impress your examiners without knowing any specific treatments. There are some routine follow-up investigations that are important for children with Down syndrome and these are regular thyroid checks every two years, echocardiogram to diagnose cardiac defects, regular audiometry for hearing impairment and regular eye checks. Finally, let's talk about the prognosis. Prognosis varies depending on the severity of the associated complications. The average life expectancy is 60 years. Thanks for listening to this episode on Down syndrome. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, you can find them in the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book available on Amazon. You can find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations, and questions on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode where we'll talk about Kleinfelter syndrome.